we read from St. Luke's Gospel, the second chapter. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor, governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. These are the words of our Lord. Oh, the wonder of it all! The wonder of Christmas, that God should become a man. But that's what happened at Christmas. God became a man. We call this miraculous act of God the Incarnation. That word incarnation comes from a Latin word and it means incarne or in flesh. And that's what we find today when we come to the manger bed in Bethlehem. In those days, Joseph and Mary made the journey to Bethlehem. They traveled over the dusty, rocky roads of Galilee. It was a journey of about 70 miles, five, six, maybe even seven days of travel. Did Mary have a donkey to ride? We don't know. But we do know that it was a long, hard journey. And then came the time for Mary to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger. This is how God came in the flesh. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He was laid in a manger bed because there was no room for them in the inn. He was born in poverty and humility. He came in quietness and submission. His birth was different than any other child's birth. But at the same time, this birth was unlike any birth. The Godhead took on humanity. And that's very special. The God who created the heaven and the earth, the sea, and everything in them stooped down to enter into this world that he had created. 
that is so great that my little mind simply can't comprehend it. It also amazes me that every year at this time, the world stops to remember this miracle. Christmas has a unique cultural impact unlike any other holiday. It consumes an entire month. As soon as December has come, families around the world set up their Christmas lights and their trees and begin playing Christmas music. No other cultural event has quite the impact like Christmas. In the United States, Thanksgiving and Fourth of July and Halloween are all celebrated for a day or maybe two. But Christmas is celebrated for an entire month. Now many people may refer to this as a timeless tradition or as a happy holiday. But the point remains that even the unbelieving world takes note of what happened 2,000 years ago. And that reminds me of the words of Isaiah in the Old Testament. There the prophet said that when the promised Savior would come, the wilderness and the desert will be glad and blossom like a crocus. It will bloom lavishly and there will be great joy and singing. Yet today, the wilderness of this world bursts forth with joy and singing. Unwittingly, even non-believers participate in the events that celebrate the birth of Christ. Governments, schools, businesses, families, they all pause because of the once and only miracle when God became a man. Now, even though the entire world may pause to observe Christmas, only the Christian can understand it properly. Only a Christian can understand why those swaddling cloths and the manger are so very precious. As Lutherans, when we speak about the person and the work of Jesus Christ, we most often think about his passion. Jesus dying in our place and rising to life from the grave are the very central points of justification. But yet we must remember that the core of the person and work of Jesus Christ is the Incarnation. Only the God-man could be our Savior. Only a human being could take our place as a substitute under, our, under the law. Only a man could suffer the punishment that we deserve for our sins. Only a man could take our place. But only God 
could render the obedience that would be great enough for the entire human race. Only God could pay a sufficient price for our redemption. In order to understand the crucifixion and then the empty tomb, we must return to the incarnation of the Son of God and to his nativity at Bethlehem. God didn't come just to be a cute little baby. 33 years later, this sleeping child would be an adult man hanging upon the cross, shedding his blood for our atonement. He chose that suffering and death to break the power of evil and to set us free from death. Through his incarnation, death, and resurrection, Jesus gives us the very best, forgiveness, life, salvation, and best of all, a place in God's family forever. The manger and the cross are never far apart. We cannot look at the cross apart from the manger and the nativity because that is how God became our substitute. And we cannot look at the manger apart from the cross because this is why Jesus was born. And so today, and when you gather in your churches with your congregation family on Christmas morning, pause at the manger. And also, pause at the cross. Sacred, infant, all divine, what a tender love was thine, that to come from highest bliss down to such a world as this. To God be all praise and glory. Let us pray. Most merciful God, you gave your eternal Son to become incarnate of the Virgin and born in Bethlehem. Grant that this mystery of the Word made flesh may fill our hearts with joy and with the comfort of the Gospel. And grant that with the heavenly host we may forever sing your grace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you.